thank Pastor John for allowing me this opportunity to uh, speak to you tonight. We ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to look at one verse tonight, uh, verse 15. As you're taking your copy of the Word of God and turning to Hebrews 13, I just want to give a quick word on our Christ Life classes. Uh, Pastor John asked me to say a word about that leading into the message. We have uh, three that we're offering uh, beginning this Sunday night. Ladies get one extra choice than the men do. Ladies uh, get, of course, one of their own, a Beth Moore study from the book of James called Mercy Triumphs. Tammy Prater will be leading that. And then uh, we have two classes that are open to everybody. Uh, Thad Clover will be teaching on our Jewish roots. And then uh, in the sanctuary, we will have uh, two different, uh, we'll have one for a four-week time period and then another that will follow in the last five weeks. Uh, we'll begin with the Gospel Revolution by J.D. Greer and uh, then lead into uh, the last five weeks with a, s a series called When God's Spirit Moves by Jim Cimbala. So uh, keep note of those opportunities and pray that God would use these classes in a mighty way. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Let's all stand together as we read from God's Word tonight. It says, Therefore by Him, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. May God bless His Word and you may be seated. I think many pastors struggle with a title for a message. And I have to admit, I struggle with the title for this message, so I thought I'm just simply going to call it Praise the Lord. Because that is the heartbeat of this one verse, talking about the sacrifice of praise. Now, Praise the Lord is a phrase that we tend to toss around a lot. If you were to get a phone call uh, tonight saying, Okay, you don't have to come to work for the rest of the week. In fact, you don't have to come to work for the rest of the month. Better yet, the rest of the year. But we're still going to pay you like you showed up. What would your typical response be? Praise the Lord. And, and, and probably a little more enthusiastic than I said it. Or you went to the doctor and you, you, you've been worried about your health and you get a clean bill of health and your first response may be praise the Lord or I mean there, there are a ton of things that could happen to us and our initial response will be praise the Lord it's a phrase we use a lot but what does it mean to truly praise the Lord I looked up the definition in uh, Vine's expository dictionary of the word praise and I love this one particular word that is used to describe praise and that is the word boast now, if let's just say you aren't the, the best-looking fella in the world, but the prettiest girl in the school wants to go out with you, and, and, and you are to walk around with her on your arm, I guarantee you would boast. Your, your, your reputation is... To be so-called the ugly ducking, but you've got the most beautiful girl in the school on your arm. I guarantee you would boast. You wouldn't do like the one guy that got up in church one time and said, 
I thank God for my wife. She's not the best thing to look at in the world, but I love her anyway. We wouldn't be like that. Now, this is a true story. A guy actually did this in church. My wife was there to testify. But we would boast in a good way. And that is how we are to be in our relationship with the Lord. We are to boast about Him, who He is, and what He has done in our lives. I want to take this one verse of Scripture tonight and look phrase by phrase at what it means to praise the Lord. First of all, let's look at the content of praise. The content of praise. Verse 15 says, Therefore, by Him. Who is Him? We said just a moment ago, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the content of our praise. Now, you have probably heard many, many songs in church life that the content hasn't been much about the Lord Jesus Christ. I have heard songs that talk about the great food that's going to be in heaven. I have heard songs about sitting in a rocking chair in heaven, uh, enjoying uh, a good time with loved ones. But so little today of today's church music many times does not reflect the content of our praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. As a minister of music, I have had to be very selective in the songs that I choose. I went to one church and they uh, sang a few choir songs that uh, blew my mind. Well, you might say, well, what were those? I'll tell you. One, the, the lyrics said, I'll put on a crown and walk around all over God's promised land. And, and I got to thinking about that song. I mean, it was a peppy little ditty. I mean, the choir, I mean, they just clapped, had a good old time. But as you examine the words of that song, those words contradict the very thought of Scripture. I will not put on a crown when I get to heaven, strut around heaven and say, look at me, look at me. The Bible says I'm going to lay my crowns at the feet of Jesus. Uh, another one uh, was talking about uh, when the Holy Ghost shows up, we'll have church. And, and I think I know the intent of the writer of the song, but I thought God is always present. We're the ones that don't always move with Him. And, and, and there's so much of today's quote-unquote praise that totally misses the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when every service is done here in this place, Jesus is to be the hero of all that we do. It is not the musicians, it is not uh, anyone who stands in any capacity to proclaim. We want Jesus high and lifted up as we gather together. Our praise should paint a glorious picture of Jesus Christ. I wrote down several uh, titles of the Lord Jesus found in Scripture. The Bible says He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the Amen, the atoning sacrifice, the author and perfecter of our faith, the beginning and the end, the bread of life, the cornerstone, the chief shepherd, the creator, the deliverer, faithful and true, the first and last, the good shepherd, the great high priest, the head of the church, the holy one, the hope of glory, I am the image of God, Emmanuel, King of kings, Lord of lords, Lamb of God, Light of the world, Lion of Judah, Living One, Lord of glory, Mighty God, Morning Star, our protection, redemption, and righteousness, the power, wisdom, and word of God, and the way, the truth, and the life, and that's only just to touch the hem of his garment. 
to think about all the descriptions of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is far greater than our words could ever express. He is the content of our praise. But I want you to notice the second thing. Not only does this verse of Scripture show the content of praise, but it also shows the consistency of praise. It says, therefore by him let us continually. What does the word continually mean? Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines it this way. Continuing indefinitely in time without interruption. Recurring in steady, usually rapid succession. I want to think about that for a minute. Continuing indefinitely in time without interruption. To praise the Lord without interruption. I would like to be there in my Christian life. To, to be like the energizer bunny that keeps going and going and going. That is how we are to be in our praise. The next part of the definition says recurring in steady, usually rapid succession. Not only is our praise to keep going and going, but it's to get better and better. God calls us in Psalm 34, verse 1, to bless the Lord at all times. When you look at that passage of Scripture, David is not saying this when everything is going great in his life. In fact, his life is being threatened at that point in Scripture. And for him to make the statement, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth, is really a deep statement of his faith. He's not saying everything's going great, so hallelujah, glory to God, I'm praising him. He's saying even right around the corner, my life might end, but I'm going to worship him at all times. How can we do that? By rejoicing in the Lord and not our circumstances. This is the thing I have to fight every day, and I don't think I'm alone in this. It's, it's easy to praise God when the bank account's full. It's easy to praise God when our health is good. It's easy to praise God when, when all our possessions are just how they need to be and everything is just right in our lives. But when the bank account is almost empty, things are bad at work, things are bad at home, things are bad wherever, there is such a struggle to praise him. That is why Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we rejoice in him and not in our circumstances, that is when we do okay. He is faithful. And if we rejoice in him, we can rejoice in the one thing that is steadfast and sure in a world that is so messed up. The content of our praise is the Lord Jesus. Our praise is to be consistent, but then notice the third point. Notice the willingness of our praise. Verse 15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. If I were to stop right now here in the service and say, Okay, right here in the middle of the message, I'd like for the ushers to come forward and we're, we're going to take up an offering. 
How many of you say, oh, hallelujah, bless God, I'm going to go reach for my wallet, and I am ready to give. How many of us are there? Some of us have a hard time in the area of our finances. And, and when it comes time to talk about giving, we get a little scared, we get a little nervous. But the, the idea of offering here it is not the, the tight grip on the wallet. It's an idea of presenting something as an act of worship or devotion. The dictionary says to declare one's readiness or willingness. When it comes time to give, when it comes time to serve, uh, when Pastor John or Pastor Jimmy's up here and saying, oh, we, we've got a need in the nursery, it ought to be like there's electricity tied to the pew and all of a sudden you jump up and say I'm here I'm ready to help or there, there's a need for other choir members or a need somewhere in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ we ought to be ready to jump and say hallelujah I'm ready to serve the Lord that is when we offer ourselves when Paul talks about giving he doesn't talk about uh, it being a pain or, or something that we begrudge but he says God loves a cheerful giver when he talks about our motivation for giving he said it is the grace of God that motivates us to do what we do and it should be nothing else we should be so uh, in love with the Lord Jesus Christ that we are just willing to give him our everything the willingness of praise but now there's a flip side to this God wants us to be at a place in our lives when we're willing but there's sometimes the flip side of the coin that Paul or the writer of Hebrews here calls the sacrifice of praise let's be honest here how many of us when we think about praise have happy thoughts in our head we think about oh somebody's praising the Lord they're clapping they might be moving to the music tapping their feet they uh, they're having a good time maybe they're lifting their hands but what about the valleys what about times in our life as I mentioned a few moments ago when everything's going wrong most people have these happy thoughts about praise but what about the bad times here Jesus when he called people to discipleship he didn't say okay I am signing you up for a prosperity package. You're going to follow Jesus now, and you're going to have all uh, that you ever wanted. You're going to have the nicest car. You're going to have the greatest job. Everything's going to be perfect. Whatever you want, you can speak into existence. Jesus never said that. In fact, he said, deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. Is that a popular message? I don't see people running and lining up to deny themselves most people you go on Facebook anybody do that for entertainment go on Facebook and, and, and repost uh, I, I get the best entertainment out of that sometimes and, and I'll read about oh I have you got somebody put, uh, put a post on there I, have, I am taking this whole week and I am devoting it to me myself and I I'm going to spend all week at the spa. I'm going to do everything I want. This week's going to be all about 
me. Jesus, Jesus never said, okay, come join a life that's all about you. He said, come join a life that's all about him. Denying ourselves and taking up the cross. This became a reality in my life about three and a half years ago. I was going with our church in Georgia to uh, Mexico. It was just right across the border, going out of Texas. And you know, we, we sit in a very nice church building this evening. Padded pews. Praise God, the air conditioner is working or I'd be sweating bullets. Nice lights. We have so much. And we drove into that little village and the church structure didn't look like it was the strongest in the world. There was enough electricity to power some ceiling fans. There were no padded pews. They were wooden benches that some of our volunteers had built just a few years before. No, no screens, no chandeliers. And... Uh, no paint on the walls. We walked in, we did a vacation Bible school with the children, and I thought to myself, we so easily complain about things in America. And these people are thrilled to have this little building, these wooden benches, these ceiling fans, and these unpainted walls. They were thrilled. The next day, we got to the little church and we walked in and things were a little different. They had painted the walls. That was a big deal to them. We think, oh, a coat of paint, so what? But to them, that was a huge thing. Here they are giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ in a country that is uh, predominantly Catholic. They have given their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you know, we think about our prosperity message here in America. They've just gone back to the gospel, denying themselves, taking up the cross, and following Jesus. The sacrifice of praise. Sometimes following Jesus calls us to do things that hurt. But it is well worth it when we think about the sacrifice that he gave. I think if anybody in the Bible embodied this well, I believe it was Job. This man had his children, his livestock, and even his health taken from him. But notice what he said in the Word of God. He said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God give me grace to do just that. Then he made another statement. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Whew. To praise God when everything's against you is a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise involves obedience even when you don't feel like it. There are times when obedience goes against our flesh. But when we push forward and we do what God has called us to do, that blesses the heart of God and that is what it means to praise the Lord. But then notice the expression of praise or the product of praise as you'll see uh, the expression of praise it says the fruit of our lips 
Praise is not something that goes unexpressed. I have known some men to say, when I got married, I told my wife one time I loved her, and she better remember it and never forget it because I'm not going to tell her again. I dare some people to try that these days. I don't think it would work too well. God calls us to display our love. If all we did was marry our spouses and then say, okay, we got the license, you're on your own, that wouldn't go over. We are called to express our love to the Lord Jesus, and I'll say a little more about that in the next point. But when God has done something great in your life, you can't help but talk about it. You can't help but tell other people that God has changed you and turned your life in the right direction. You just can't shut up about it. God has been good, and you just want to tell somebody. And here's where I'm going to go a little deeper on this subject. Notice the attitude of praise in the final phrase. It says, giving thanks to his name giving thanks to his name a heart that is touched by the Lord Jesus Christ is a thankful heart as I wrap this message up I want to draw attention to something that uh, Pastor J.D. Greer I mentioned a moment ago a statement he made regarding worship it's a rather long statement but I think he said it so much better than I could. He said, what characterizes biblical worship is joy. Yes, there are times of solemn reflection and repentance and mourning, and those are very appropriate in worship. But joy ought to be recurring, if not do a dominant emotion. It blows my mind to see people that say, oh, man, I love Jesus. He's changed my life. But they walk around like this. God been good to you? Yeah, sure has. Praise the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. That joy never comes out. It blows my mind. The scripture commands us to express ourselves in joy. Come into his presence, Psalm 100 says, with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says, Be filled with the Spirit, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Did God say that you had to be in perfect pitch? No. One of my greatest memories in church life was a dear, precious lady. She gave her life to Christ. Uh, she was in her early 60s. They say typically people don't give their lives to Christ past a certain age, but she defied the odds. And bless her heart, as far as pitch, whoo, she was off. But I did not hear the rough pitch. I heard a heart of praise. She would sing to the top of her lungs, and many people would listen and say, whoo, that's rough, but I know God looked down from heaven and said, that's beautiful. Some people 
for some reason we get in church and we, we get a little polished and we get a little reserved and we're afraid that somebody around us might hear us when we praise. But I was, as I was sharing with the choir uh, this past Sunday, we are worshiping an audience of one. When I am standing up here praising, I am not doing it for the congregation. My audience is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it should be the same for every individual in the pews and every individual in the choir. It should just be me and Jesus and other people just happen to be around. The Word of God says in His presence, Psalm 1611, is fullness of joy. How can we claim to be in the presence of God with no joy? Here's, here's another one, Psalm 47.1. So I've had people say, Matthew, is it okay to clap your hands in a Baptist church? Right here, here's your answer. Psalm 47 1. Clap your hands, all you people. Even if you can't clap in time. And, and some of you saying, Yeah, that's me. Man, I'm. Oh, one of my favorite pictures of a saint of God worshiping was uh, uh, a man in my grandparents' church in Virginia. Short little fella. But, uh, oh, precious saint of the Lord. He, he would stand up there, and, I mean, the, the choir's just clapping it and beat. And bless his heart, I mean, he was all over the place. But you could tell he was with Jesus. God says clap, even if it's offbeat. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. If you have a reason to shout and you have a reason to clap your hands, we ought to do it. Note that this is an imperative sentence. He doesn't say, well, if you feel like clapping, do it. Or if you feel like shouting, do it. He doesn't say clap your hands, a few of you people with a type A outgoing personality. He doesn't say, okay, if, if you're bubbly and, and outgoing, then you show your praise. I've heard people say, well, joy is not my, part of my personality. Well, let me ask you something. If I were to tell you tonight that right out in the parking lot, my vehicle is full of thousands of $100 bills, my vehicle is unlocked and you go help yourself, I don't think I'd get through this message with anybody in the room. In fact, I don't think you would have a straight look on your face. If I were to tell you to go help yourself to all those hundreds of dollars, you wouldn't be so well, brother, I'll pray about it. <laughs> there wouldn't be any praying to do. I'd be jumping pews to get to those bills. Man, we, we, we'd, see a, we'd see a riot going on in this place. People running, fighting to get. And, and, and I guarantee even the most introverted person would be smiling on the way to my vehicle. So don't tell me that joy is not a part of our personality. Because if something ignites a fire within us enough, we get excited about it. And that should be how Jesus is to us. Psalm 35, 27 says, May those who delight in salvation shout for joy. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I command men everywhere to lift up holy hands. 
He goes on to say, to note, I've read every command in the Bible on worship. None of them are to stand in a subdued manner with a coffee cup in your hands and a bored look on your face. David never says, I show my passion for God through my cool, laid-back, ticked-off attitude. And here's what I want you to get. People who know the gospel best should be the most exuberant in their worship. If you are a life that has been changed, oh, you've got a river of life flowing inside of you. And it gets sweeter the deeper you get into your Christian life. Some say, well, I don't, if I don't feel like doing these things, to do them is inauthentic. The question is not what you feel like or what he's worthy of. There's nothing in these verses about feelings. He made a really strong point here that I had never thought about. I shared this with the choir as well this, this past Sunday. God has designed us in such a way that our posture can actually affect the mood of our hearts. If any of you in a time of prayer have knelt down or bowed yourself before the Lord, there's a tendency for our heart to follow and for us to be and to sense humility and humbling ourselves in the sight of God. You feel naturally more submissive to God. Jesus told us in Matthew 6.21, He says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The passion of our heart would follow the habit of generosity. Notice he says the treasure first and then the heart. If you've been married for any length of time, you probably have experienced this. I think about, I'm, I'm going to pick on the stencils for just a minute. It'll be 60 years for you, right, in July, is that correct? And 60 years, I, I think, that, that is just amazing. And, and I, they, they shared the story with us uh, this past Christmas at a choir get-together about how they came together. And, but I bet they can testify to you tonight that it's a whole lot sweeter now than it was uh, back when they first started dating. That's how it is. First, we notice that special individual, our heart starts skipping a beat. Our, we, we all of a sudden start getting that starry-eyed look. And, and our world starts changing when we notice that special person that we've just fallen in love with. But over time, that love grows deeper and deeper. First, you put your treasure there, but then you find your heart following more and more as that love grows deeper. This should be where we are with the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be able to say like the old chorus, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. As I stand up here every, every Sunday and every Wednesday, my heartbeat 
is for people to come to a point when they just love Jesus so much and nothing else matters. I want to grow deeper in that. And my desire is that when we stand and sing, when Pastor John stands to preach, when any act of worship is taking place in our services, you are just, I mean, you're, you just can't wait. You are sitting on the edge of your seat, and then when the service is over, you're sitting there thinking, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to get together with God's people again and just worship Him. And then it comes to the end of the next service, and you're just feeling the same way. That is what I long for. For everybody who comes into this church, whether they're a visitor or whether they're somebody who, who comes week after week, I long for people to experience Jesus Christ in such a manner. And really it grieves my heart when I don't see that. When I see people come in and say, well, that music just didn't light my fire. That preaching didn't, didn't light my fire. Those announcements were too long. Church was too hot. Church was too cold. Lights were too bright. No. Take all that away. Jesus is still there. And he should be our everything. Would you stand with me? Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to do something just a little bit different tonight. Typically we... We just close out in prayer. But I just want to sing a song tonight. It says, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And if, and if God's speaking with, in your heart tonight, just however he's speaking, just obey him. And I pray that the words that we sing here in just a moment are where you stand with God, that you really feel that way. The longer I serve him,
God bless you.